0: I call kabulshit on what's taking place in Afghanistan. Kim jong Cuomo out as governor of the crumbling empire state of New York. And when he leaves the governor's mansion, he forgets one very important possession, his canine. And wokeness is not a joke, even at the Washington Compost. Bold Alpha is presented by Davidoff of Geneva. Introducing the new Avo Caribe. Experience the journey of flavor comprised of synchronized tobaccos from the Caribbean with a touch from Central America. Head to the land where palms sway back and forth to the breeze of the sea with Avo Caribe. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Trenta, commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence. The Gurkha Trenta is everything you'd expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. Gurkhasigars.com. What is taking place? In Kabul, in Afghanistan, is an absolute unmitigated disaster. You know it. I know it. The world knows it. Apparently, the only one that doesn't know it is Slow Joe, brainless Biden. Greetings and salutations. It is Alpha Dave, your global five star general and Alpha male in chief, front and center from Command Center Alpha. And we welcome you to Bold Alpha, your destination for alpha male conversational maneuvers and unabashed commentary. What is taking place in Afghanistan is an embarrassment of all embarrassments. I cannot imagine what many of our great retired generals and military leaders must think of the weakness that the United States of America is portraying under slow Joe, brainless Biden. He is not a commander-in-chief. He's a commander in beta pussy maneuvers. The Taliban is dictating to us, to the United States of America, when we can go, when we can leave. Now, let's set aside the fact that the entire plan under Biden, who loves to say... The buck stops with me. Come on, man, it does. As my, as my father used to say, Joey, the buck stops with me. The buck stops with him except he tends to wave his hands and point his fingers at everyone else. It's the military. It's Trump. It's Trump. It's Trump. It's Bush. Now, look, there's no question. Huge mistake going into Afghanistan in the first place. We should have gone in. Knocked out the Taliban and the, the, the terrorist camps and gotten out. 20 years, far too long. President Trump had a plan, and it was very clear, he told the Taliban, our exit is, will be based upon numerous targets that you must hit. And if you don't, we ain't going anywhere. And, in fact, Kash Patel, who is in charge uh, of the total plan to leave Afghanistan, said at the Department of Defense at the Pentagon, said in an editorial, I believe it was in USA Today or The Wall Street Journal, the Trump administration had a clear plan. We handed the plan over in terms of exiting the stages of what would take place. All the Americans would be evacuated. Any interpreters that work with the U.S., once they were vetted, they would be evacuated. And then we would have an orderly evacuation of our military equipment, and then the military would leave. They handed the plan to the Biden transition team. Kash Patel said when they handed it to them and explained it, the Biden transition team sloughed it off, couldn't care less. They looked at it and said, yeah, yeah, thanks, whatever, we'll do our own thing. That's very apparent. What an unmitigated disaster. Yesterday, slow Joe Biden meets with the G7. Such an important meeting. It lasted five minutes. He essentially said to the G7, yeah, we're leaving. That's it. Never tells our allies we're leaving. By the way, do you remember when Biden was campaigning and took office? He said, America's back. We're back at the international table. We're back because he insinuated that under Trump we had terrible relations with all of our allies, we weren't backing up our allies. Let's not conflate our allies liking us versus respecting us. They may not have liked Trump, but I assure you they respected Trump. Trump portrayed alpha male power, projected American power, American military strength, projected the fact that he knew what was going on. He was in charge. What was it about Donald Trump that the NATO allies, the G7, didn't like? Germany, France, many of the other countries. What was it they they respected Trump, but they disliked him? Why? Because President Trump was the only president in the last 60 years that looked at every one of the NATO allies are supposed friends that by NATO agreement must spend 2% of their gross domestic product, their GDP every year, on military expenditures and NATO expenditures. And he looked at them all and said, well, the United States is spending it. Poland is spending it. This one is spending it. France, you're not spending it. Oh, by the way, Germany, you're a wealthy country. You're not spending it. Oh, by the way, why are we paying the United States and our NATO Allies, why are we paying to protect you and the rest of Europe from the Soviet Union, from Russia, when you are going into business, you're getting into bed with Russia and the Russian oil industry on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline? Explain that. We're spending all this money to protect you clowns, and yet you are going to become fully dependent upon Russian oil and gas for your country and your economy. Now, you tell me if that makes sense. They didn't like the fact that Trump called them out. And what was the first thing we saw at the G7 meeting in, I think it was in uh, Scotland or Ireland or Britain, back in June? Remember Boris Johnson? Mr. Haggis? Ah, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll have haggis and shower curtains. It'll be great when we, when we open up our trade with the United States. Fantastic, fantastic. He said, it is just so fantastic to have to have President Biden a partner back at the table in our club and Macron said the same thing ah we oui, we oui, it is great to have president president Biden back at the table at, at the table where he is now part of the club let me translate it is great to have a weak American president that is brainless that is clueless that is mentally deficient at the table so we can run roughshod over the US and he will never Make us pay our fair share. We'll let the sucker and sap United States of American taxpayer citizens pay the freight. That's what they were really saying. They wanted Biden. They didn't want Trump. The European Union said, this is the guy that we want. This is who our guy is. We're thrilled. European Union and NATO made their bed. Suck it up, buttercup. You made your bed. Now you lie in it. Now you lie in the fact that Bush, correction, Bush, Biden, Biden withdrew haphazardly with no plan, with no communication to the allies, left them high and dry, and now they're all complaining and they're all crying. How could the United States do this? The United States left us, they, they left us at the altar. Do you think President Trump would have done that? They didn't like President Trump. But they sure as hell respected him. And what is taking place today, the last week, two weeks, where now it comes out that the military said this is not the way we need to leave, but the State Department said, yeah, yeah, that's the way we leave. Does it not dawn on someone with one one one-millionth of a brain cell to say, we need to get our American citizens out first, then any other Afghanis that we so desire to transport out before we give up Bagram Air Force Base, before we give up operational control, then we need to get rid of our choppers. We need to get those choppers and those planes and those 600,000 guns and weapons and drones back to the United States of America or back to the safety of one of our American bases around the world. Did it ever dawn on them? Not one lick. Bold Alpha is all about being a proud, strong, intelligent alpha male. We don't apologize for being alpha males. We don't apologize for being decisive. We do not apologize for being strong, for being resolute in our decisions, and having impeccable and tremendous common sense. We all have street smarts. The clowns running the show in Washington, at the Pentagon, at Foggy Bottom in the State Department, at the White House, are not clueless. They are far beyond clueless. Clueless would be an upgrade. It is a three-ring circus. I would say it's Mickey Mouse, but that would be insulting to Mickey and Minnie the numbers that they've been saying about all these americans that have people that have been evacuated 60 70,000 blatant lies two congressmen one from a republican and a democrat flew over clandestinely they got on a military transport they made sure that there was they weren't taking up any seats they sat in crew seats they didn't get permission they just went they landed in afghanistan at karzai airport they wanted to see for themselves what was going on. They said it was an absolute three-ring circus, a total shit show. And, of course, Nancy Pelosi rebukes them for leaving or for, 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 for going unauthorized. The Department of Defense, all up in arms, the Pentagon, the State Department, how dare you go? Why were they so perturbed? Because they do not, do not want the truth to be revealed to Americans. They don't want the truth to be revealed to Congress, who is in charge of oversight of the executive branch. That's how it works in this country. When President Trump was in office, the legislative branch had every turn tried to undermine the executive branch and President Trump. But now when a bipartisan, a bipartisan group, you had a Democrat, and a Republican member of Congress head over to see what's going on. They are on the ground, I think, for two or three hours. All of a sudden, unacceptable, we can't have this, this is just a disaster, and Pelosi comes out with a letter to all the members of Congress saying, you can't go, you're getting in the way of the mission. They didn't, and in fact, people criticized them by saying, well, they took up two slots on the way out that could have gone to Americans or other Afghani evacuees. The congressman early on said the reason we kept this quiet is because number one, we were not going to grandstand. We were not going to use this as a photo op, unlike Schumer, where as soon as he sees a camera, he's in front of it. You know what do they say in Washington? What's the most dangerous? Where's the most dangerous place to be in Washington? It's between Chuck Schumer and a camera. They kept it quiet and they purposely left on a transport that had available crew seats. They didn't take a seat from. Anyone, the truth hurts. The White House looks bad, and now it's coming out that the numbers are dramatically different. Only 4,800 or 5,000 Americans have been evacuated. I think there's been 28,000, 25,000 Afghan, Afghani evacuees. Is there a problem there? Shouldn't Americans go out first? You better believe it. And Anthony Blinken, who is the Secretary of State, I don't think I've ever seen a bigger pussy. A wussified beta in my life at any level of government. This guy is afraid of his own shadow. He met with the Chinese in Alaska, I don't know, four or five months ago. They bent him over and rammed it right up as you know where. He looked weak. The United States looks weak. This administration looks weak. They love to point the fingers at everyone else except themselves. And if you don't think China is now emboldened to go after Taiwan, you better think again. Do You think China believes that the United States under brainless Biden, slow Joe, would engage the military and go after China? Please. Biden has been on the wrong side of every foreign policy decision as former Defense Secretary Robert Gates said during the campaign and boy was he ever right, and we're witnessing it right now. Nobody disagrees it's time to leave Afghanistan. What everybody has a problem with, virtually I think 80% of the United States citizens have a problem with, is how the exit took place and is taking place. That is the problem. And can you imagine for one moment General George S. Patton, the greatest general in American history, General Patton right now is rolling over in his grave. He's not resting in peace right now. Seeing what a total shit show is taking place, American weakness. And when I look at General Milley, General Milley Mouse, who is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, saying a number of months ago, "I want to know about white privilege. I want to know about white supremacy. I want to, we, the, mo, the biggest threat we have to this military is climate change. Are you kidding me?" You're worried about climate change. You're not worried about China. You're not worried about Iran. You're not worried about North Korea. You're worried about bullshit climate change. This is why we have lost all respect in the world. Our generals and the Pentagon have become political animals. They've become woke. All they're trying to do is... Bide their time, retire, and get a nice cushy board of directors job at one of the military industrial defense contractors. That's all it's about. The total antithesis of General George S. Patton. And speaking of General George S. Patton, President Trump holding a rally, Cullman, Alabama, last Saturday night for Mo Brooks, who is running for the United States Senate in Alabama in twenty. 20- 22, just over a year from now, President Trump holds a rally. 45,000 people attended the rally in the rain, in the Alabama heat, to see President Trump. And if you think President Trump's going away, you better think again. If you think Trumpism is going away, you better think again. If you think America First is going away, you better think again. New poll just came out. 10% 10% of Democrats that voted for Biden, polled, said, made a mistake. They would change their vote today. Independence. Republicans will get Republicans. Democrats will get Democrats. It's the independents that always sway the presidential elections. Right now, 72% of independents have an unfavorable view of brainless Biden. I will guarantee you if the election were held right now, Trump won, what, he received 12 million more votes than he did in 2020. Don't even get me started about the fraudulent election. We talked about that last week here on Bold Alpha. We know it was fraudulent. Fraudulent elections have consequences. Can't wait to see the Arizona audit. And then you're going to start to see a domino effect. It's not a big lie. It's not a conspiracy theory. Let's see the receipts. We will see them. And if it shows that Arizona was fair and square, my answer is, so be it. But if it didn't, and it comes out that there was massive fraud, cheating, ballots all over the place that shouldn't have been cast, then we've got a huge problem. We all know the answer, that there is a huge problem. We don't even need to wait for the results. But I will tell you, if President Trump uh, ran today, not only would he win the Electoral College in a landslide, I believe he very likely could win the popular vote which is almost unheard of when you think of the ultra libs that are in New York, California, Illinois, some of the other more populous states. California sinking like the Titanic. Gavin Newsom, he'll be out. Recall election, I think, uh, what is it, September 4th, September 14th, somewhere along those lines. And meanwhile, Kamala Harris goes over to Singapore, goes to Vietnam, while well, all this shit is taking place in Afghanistan and talks about ordering your Christmas presents early yesterday while she's in Singapore. Oh, and she's stopping for a campaign swing in California for Gavin Newsom. Good luck with that. Good luck. They hate her in California. She couldn't even get 5% of the vote or the pop the, the in an, in a poll in California. She had to drop out before the first primaries when she ran for the Democratic nomination in 2020. You think she's gonna help Gavin Newsom? Good luck. Well, President Trump, wherever he goes, he helps, especially for Mo Brooks in Alabama, and he was on fire, and he had a very memorable line as it regards wokeness, not only in the military, but everywhere else in America. Take a look. Let me ask you, do you think that General Patton Was woke? I don't think so. What do you think, Mike? Mike, was he woke? I don't think so. I don't think he was too woke. He was the exact opposite. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke. Everything woke. It's true. Everything woke turns to shit, okay? It's true. It's true. Look at what's happening. President Trump nails it. General Patton would be mortified. Can you imagine General Patton going woke? Can you imagine World War II saying, oh, we we can't call the Germans Nazis. We have to be nice. No, 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 let's let's not kill our enemy Nazis. We don't want to do that. That would just be absolutely terrible. Let's be nice to them. General George S. Patton had a great quote. He was right. Politicians are the lowest form of life on Earth, Liberal Democrats are the lowest form of politicians. Avo Cigars has just launched the newest addition to the Avo Synchro series entitled the Avo Synchro Caribe. Fourth line in the Avo Synchro series, it is centered around the concept of tobacco synchronization. They incorporate the diversity, complexity, and compatibility of cigar tobaccos from the Caribbean and Central America to create a natural harmony, a Caribbean soul, a very dynamic cigar. It uses natural distribution. What does that mean? The proportions of the cigar tobaccos on any given plant perfectly matched in the blending process. So what you get is a Dominican wrapper. You get filler tobaccos from Nicaragua a binder from Ecuador that are matched absolutely perfectly. The taste, a lively, dynamic, harmonious flavor profile of Caribbean flavors, aromatic spices, some complex cocoa, a beautiful medium-bodied cigar with subtle sweetness resembling tropical fruits. The flavors, rhythm, and lifestyle of the tropics are encapsulated in the new Avo Synchro Caribe, available now at your cigar retailer or DavidoffGeneva.com. All right, before I get to Kim Jong-Kuomo departing the governor's mansion in the crumbling empire state of New York, those of you that would like to enhance your alpha lo- uh, male lifestyle would like to engage in alpha male pleasure maneuvers and pleasure pursuits, cigars are a very important part of that dynamic, of the lifestyle. If you have experienced cigars before, you're new to the world of cigars, you're an experienced connoisseur, you absolutely must join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. I am known not only as Alpha Dave, but as Cigar Dave, our brother podcast, the Cigar Dave Show podcast. And if you have not listened, where we talk about cigars and the cigar lifestyle, My suggestion, do a search wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Do a search for Cigar Dave. Make sure that you subscribe, listen, and give us a five-star review. But cigars are an essential part of the lifestyle. The Cigar Dave Officers Club enhances that lifestyle. Every month, Cigar Dave Officers Club members will receive three premium cigars shipped in a Cigar Dave Officers Club Ziploc pouch that is reusable. Phenomenal premium cigars from all the major manufacturers. You name it. General Cigar, Rocky Patel, Gurkha, Plasencia, Perdomo, Alec Bradley, Davidoff, Camacho, Avo. The list goes on and on. For August, our members are receiving not three. We've got a very special selection. They're receiving four. Casa Torrent 1880 premium cigars. These are super premium cigars that feature cigar tobaccos from the Torrent family farms in the San Andreas region of Mexico. The Torrent family has been growing exceptional cigar tobaccos since 1880. To commemorate their longevity in the world of cigars and cigar tobaccos, Alberto and Alejandro Torrent, father and son, Launched the super premium Casa Torrent line 1880 Ecuador 1880 line a few years ago, starting with the Casa Torrent 1880 Maduro, full flavored, rich cigar. Then they launched the Claro, more of a mild cigar. The Casa Torrent 1880 Colorado, more medium, and the Casa Torrent 1880 Oscuro, dark, nice, rich taste. Now, when I spoke to Alejandro Torrent, I said, "Which three do we do we want to do?" alejandro and he said general i can't just pick three that's like just picking you know three kids he said these are my babies every blend is unique i love them all but they're all different i want your members to have all four members will be receiving over 72 almost 75 dollars worth of cigars for 22.95 you members are ripping us off that's okay you're getting great value, and that is what I like to see. I work with all the manufacturers to personally select the cigars. I work with Alejandro Torrent to s- uh, feature the Casa Tarrant 1880s. Our members should have started receiving them earlier this week into this weekend. Fabulous cigars. Now, if you want to join, if you'd like more information, head over to CigarDave.com right now, click on Officers Club, All the details are there. Membership is month to month. We don't have long-term memberships. If you're not happy, you can cancel. We only want happy members. And I can tell you that our Officers Club members always email me. They post social media notes saying, Great cigars. Man, you've done it again, General. No ifs, ands, or buts. We send you great cigars. So join today. Cigardave.com. Click on Officers Club. $22.95 per month gets you... Three premium cigars, but for August, our members receive four Casa Torrent 1880s. The Claro, Colorado, Oscuro, and Maduro. If you've not joined, you got to join by the end of August to get in on the September selection. I am a canine lover. I grew up with German Shepherds. I was privileged to have a wonderful canine companion, Pendragon's Royal Sultan, for thirteen and a quarter years. I have been fortunate and privileged to have for the last three and a quarter years Pendragon's Royal Baron. Great German Shepherds and I was very lucky to have both of them for about a year and a half period. Where, When Sultan was getting older I had Baron and I really believe that kept him young, kept him company, great dynamic, and to have a German Shepherd for 13 and a quarter years, incredible. And he was with it mentally until the end, but unfortunately, like uh, what happens in old age, his body just started to give out, especially, not his hips, but he just started to lose strength in his rear legs. Hips were fantastic. Now I can tell you that the last probably eight months, nine months, it was not easy taking Sultan out. I would have to, I took a special, I got a special leash, and I put a special fur pad around it so I could basically prop up his rear legs so he didn't have to put pressure. I had a ramp built, a wood ramp with AstroTurf so he could go down three, four steps from my veranda to go outside to do his business. I had a special mattress for him. I had to replace it with towels. Every time I had to take him out, I'd always have to take the hose and just kind of clean him up in the back It wasn't easy. Would I do it again? You better believe it. He was a wonderful, loyal, faithful companion. A great dog. Miss him every day. Think about him all the time. And I'm fortunate to have a great canine companion in Baron. Sergeant Steve, you knew Sultan. And you also remember when Pendragon's Royal Baron was uh, delivered to uh, Command Center Alpha at eight weeks uh, of age. So you've known Baron since the beginning, and Sultan, you knew for a number of years as well. They're great dogs. They're fantastic dogs, and, and they were great together too. Absolutely great, and they great disposition, very personable. They love being around people. They were socialized. Now, Sergeant Steve, can you imagine me ever saying, you know, I'm going to move, and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to see if somebody could just take 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 Baron, or you know, if I would have moved in the past, hey, somebody take Sultan, you know, I'm done. Can you imagine me saying that? Uh, no. Never, never. They are like family. Believe me. When when I had to say goodbye to Sultan, I was it was just it's like losing a family member. It really was. The only thing that helped was the fact that I had Baron there. But he too went through a mourning process. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that every single I mean it it, to this day I'll look at a spot or I'll think of something and I will think of Sultan. Well, Kim Jong Cuomo. Who departed the governor's office at 11:59 p.m. Monday? Moved out of the governor's mansion last week. He had a canine companion too. Did you know? I didn't even know he did have a canine companion, Sergeant Steve. Did you know that he had a? I did he had not. A do- he had a dog named Captain. It was a German Shepherd, Alaskan Malamute, and Siberian Husky mix. Beautiful looking dog. It has the shepherd look. It's got some Malamute. It's got some Husky. You could just tell. But it looks like a nice dog. But apparently, it's a little bit of a nipper. It kind of nips at people. Now, Sergeant Steve, you know that you've got to be a strong alpha when it comes to your canine. They are looking to—they are looking for an alpha to run the show. Does it surprise you that Kim Jong Un's dog is kind of a nipper? What surprises me is he named him Captain. Why is that? Because is anyone in charge there? Yeah, that's true. That is, well, the the dog was more in charge than Kim jong Well, Cuomo. maybe that's why, that. <laughs> that's why he's named Captain. That's why he's nipping. <laughs> hey, listen, I can tell you that all the people that Cuomo has dealt with over the years that can't stand him, they'd much rather associate with Captain the dog than Kim jong Cuomo the person. That I can guarantee you. Well, he goes to move out of the governor's mansion last week. He's going to live with his sister. Now, He's got, he has got. signed a $5 million book deal. Guy makes, I don't know, a couple hundred grand a year. You figure the guy's got to have some money in the bank to be able to rent a townhouse or a house somewhere that's dog-friendly. But he's got to go live with his sister. He basically is homeless. Can you believe that? The guy was the governor of New York up until Monday for the last, what, 11 years? Now the guy's homeless. Well, it's he, pretty pathetic. He, he planned on being governor for another 11 years. So. Uh, I think that's about right because there's no term limits in New York as opposed to Florida. Term limits... Good thing. Not a New York disaster. I think the last, let's see, Spitzer left, had to resign. David Patterson had to resign. Cuomo has now resigned. I mean, the track record for governors in New York ain't great. Not good. It's not like Florida where we've got pretty good governors. Well, when he leaves the governor's mansion to go live with his sister, he leaves the dog there. And he then went around to mansion employees, asking if they would take care of the dog, take him home. Well, apparently, one of the employees at the mansion did, but had to return the dog, who Cuomo's had since 2018, since Cuomo adopted him from a shelter, because I guess he nipped a few people uh, when she had her, she had the dog in her in her home. Now, a spokesperson for the governor denied the allegation, saying someone offered to watch him for a few days while the transition was ongoing. I don't believe that for a damn second. Do I believe that he said, "Listen, just take him for a few days?" Hell no. When he was done using the dog for political purposes, making him look like a nice softy and 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 giving him a friend in Albany, when he was done with the dog, he basically just hit the eject button. And so backlash was huge on social media. I mean, the number of people that were calling him names that were basically saying the dog is smarter, the dog, you know, deserves better than Cuomo, you know, just people going on and on. I mean, he just got pummeled left and right. It's not bad enough that he was accused of being a bully, even to fellow Democrats, Not bad enough he's accused of sexual harassment, but probably the worst thing of all in many people's eyes is that he kind of abused his dog by saying, here, you take him, I'm done with him. I abandoned the dog. Now, no word on whether or not the dog is living with Cuomo at his sister's home, I believe in Westchester County, but I can tell you this, that reveals a tremendous amount regarding someone's personality. If you have a dog, a canine, you get a bond with the dog, the bonds that I've had with every dog that that I've ever been around from the time I was five years old. Huge bonds. Sultan, I had a tremendous bond with. Baron, I've got a tremendous bond. And I'll never forget Mike Giannetti of Pendragon Acres Canine. When I first got Sultan, he said, listen, for the first year, you got to have Sultan's back. Okay, he's gonna look to you. You're gonna be his alpha leader. He's gonna look to you. He's got to know you're going to protect him. you got to give him confidence, which, as you know, Sergeant Steve, Sultan, and Baron did not lack any confidence. No, they do not. <laughs> they think they own the place. They come in, hello, I'm here, I own the place, you're in my world. I'm allowing you to be in my world. That's essentially what it is, which is which is fine. But when Mike told me, he said, look, you've got to give the dog confidence. you got to praise him. you got to look out for him. You've got his back. And what's going to happen is right around a year, a year and a quarter, you're going to see a role reversal. You're going to see a shift where all of a sudden, he's the one that's going to be looking out for you. He's going to have your back. He's the one that's going to protect you. He's going to watch over you. No ifs, no ands, no buts. It absolutely happened. And I can tell you, with both Baron, with both Sultan, right at around a year, year and a quarter, sure enough. Now, with Baron. It happened, but because I also had Sultan at the time, Sultan was still the alpha. So Baron, you know, deferred to Sultan. But he was a great watchdog, always looked after me, even Baron today. But I can tell you that you have the dog's back for the first year, year and a quarter. And then the dog has your back. So if you think for a second that I would ever jettison my dog, or say, hey, listen, I've got to move. I can't have a dog. I got to get rid of the dog. There is no way. I just I, a friend of mine is does the boxer rescue in Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay Boxer Rescue. She sends me an email from someone that moved from New York down to Tampa a number of months ago, and that there is a German Shepherd, female German Shepherd, nice looking Shepherd, maybe two years old, that she basically brought into the shelter and said, yeah. I, my new apartment down here where I move doesn't take dogs so I've got to give up the dog hello did you ever think to inquire if the apartment complex or the home or the condo or wherever you're moving allows pets and allows dogs if not keep looking but to come down to move from New York to Florida after two years and then bring your dog in and say yeah I, I can't take again my dog anymore because they don't d- find another place you bimbo you dumbass. You puts. And that describes Kim Jong Cuomo to a T. Leaving the governor's mansion. Now the dog he has no use for after three years. So he's just going to abandon the dog. The beautiful thing is the dog is not going to be abandoned. Because Cuomo obviously caught the heat. And if he doesn't take him, I guarantee you, somebody that read about it, will take the dog and give it a much better home and have a much better human than Kim Jong Cuomo. That I can absolutely guarantee. But I will tell you this. Most people would rather associate with Captain Cuomo's dog than with Kim Jong Cuomo. Not even close. All you need to know about Cuomo, he was willing to just dump his dog dump his canine. And in my book, that is unacceptable. The only thing that should hit, uh, that should have been ejected, not only from the governor's mansion, but from New York State, from the United States, from the planet, Kim Jong Cuomo. Gurkha is known for creating the world's finest cigars. And to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Gurkha brand being launched in the United States, the Blenders at Gurkha created the Gurkha Trenta. Celebrating and commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence, the Gurkha Trenta, everything you would expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. A nice medium, medium full bodied cigar featuring an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. A Nicaraguan Corojo 99 binder and the filler, Nicaraguan Corojo 99, Nicaraguan Criollo 98 created by the great blenders and growers at Aganorsa Farms in Nicaragua. And what you get is a signature cigar that has unique flavors, perfect spice, perfect amount of complexity on the palate, a cigar worthy of Gurkha's 30 years being available in the United States. Try the Gurkha Trenta today you will enjoy the experience and the overall characteristic that goes into blending this magnificent cigar, a beautiful Nicaraguan puro worthy of being called Gurkha Treinta. We just got done talking about Kim Jong Cuomo breaking news that Sergeant Steve has just sent me. The new New York governor, Kathy Hochul from Buffalo, took the oath of office yesterday, has just... She promised more transparency. She has just released a report acknowledging 12,000 more deaths in the crumbling empire state of New York from the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus than had been publicized by her predecessor, Kim jong Cuomo. That means nearly 56,000 New Yorkers have died of the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. So much for Cuomo stating that we've done a magnificent job. We've done great, better than any other state because of my leadership. Oh, by the way, not only is he probably gonna lose his dog for abandoning the dog, and somebody's gonna come in and say, give me that dog, he's also losing or has lost his Emmy Award. He won an Emmy Award for a new category of press conferences during the Wuhan virus initial pandemic. Well, the Academy yesterday said, now that you're out of office, And you've been accused of all these crimes and countless murders of seniors in nursing homes and sexual harassment issues. We are rescinding the Academy Award or the Emmy, no, the Academy Award. It's ours. You got to send it back. I mean, talking about kicking a guy when he's down, I couldn't be more pleased. He deserves every damn second of it. All right, finally, Washington Post columnist. Humor columnist Gene Weingarten wrote a column entitled You Can't Make Me Eat These Foods. And he talked about his distaste for various cuisines, products. He said he doesn't like Old Bay seasoning, doesn't like balsamic vinegar, doesn't like anchovies. Well, I don't either. Doesn't like sweet pickles. Went on and on. Now his column is written, as many humorists do, in a self-deprecating tone. So he was joking about and, and, and relaying his disdain for certain foods in a humorous fashion. Well, one of the cuisines that Weingarten mocked and didn't like is Indian food. Now Indian food, you either love it or you hate it. There's no in-between. Now I happen to like curry. I use curry when I'm barbecuing, when I'm grilling and various stir fries. I like curry, so I actually like Indian food. No problem, but not everybody likes curry. So if you don't like curry, you're not gonna like Indian food. Well, he doesn't like curry, so he said that in the column, he praised India for its contributions to the world, but he joked about his distaste for curry. He described Indian food as the only ethnic cuisine in the world insanely based entirely on one spice, and he joked that when it comes down to whether one likes curry, if you think Indian curries taste like something that could knock a vulture off a meat wagon, you do not like Indian food. He was being facetious. He is joking. He uses humor. Leave it to somebody to become offended. And that person is Padma Lakshmi. I don't know who she is. I just did a Google search, or a DuckDuckGo search. She is a well-known celebrity chef. I guess she has been a judge on various Food Network shows. She's known for... um, she was dating Ted Forsman, a billionaire for a few years before Ted Forsman's death, I think, uh, I don't know what it was, maybe four or five years ago, maybe longer than that, 12, 13 years ago. And in between, while they took a little break from each other, she starts banging Michael Dell's brother of Dell Computer and gets knocked up, has a kid with him, and then they have to do a paternity test to see whether it was Ted Forsman's kid or Dell's kid. Turned out it was Dell's kid. Kind of weird. Odd duck. And she apparently was a model at one time. Doesn't do a thing for me. No wood from Padma Lakshmi for this five star. Well, she was offended. She posted a social media post saying on behalf of 1.3 billion people, kindly fuck off. Then she wondered whether this was the type of colonizer hot take. And then she went on to uh, uh, say that one sardonically characterizing curry is one spice and that all of India's cuisine is based on it. Now, he was joking. It is humor, but she took offense. Why? Because in this country, you've got to take offense at something. Now, when you look at the background of Gene Weingarten from the Washington Post, he grew up in the Bronx, the son of an accountant and a school teacher. He's Jewish. So the only thing that could be derived from that is that he is colonizing either Washington, DC, or he colonized the Bronx, or he colonized a suburb of Washington. But to say that this guy is a colonizer? Now, she may be saying that all white people are colonizers. Now, that was the British that were the colonizers, not the Americans. That was the British. She's got a problem. She should go to London and hash it out with the royal family. But not with Americans. We had nothing to do with that. Now, does she think that Gene Weingarten was some descendant of some big British colonizing family? I don't think so. Again, he was being sarcastic. He was using humor. Now... If somebody said, hey, listen, and I'm sure he's probably poked fun at different foods. Now, he said, hey, listen, you know, I, I can't stand uh, chopped liver. That's a Jewish delicacy. I can't stand matzo ball soup. Whatever. I don't think you're going to see Jews protesting, saying, oh, my God, he has just, just denigrated and insulted an entire religion of people because he doesn't like chopped liver or matzo ball soup. I don't like chopped liver. Love matzo balls. Like the soup too, especially when you're sick, but I just love the matzo balls. Chopped liver, forget it. Not in my wheelhouse. Not my jam, as cigar sister Lynn would say. So she was very, very perturbed. I mean, even say, on behalf of 1.3 billion people, kindly fuck off. All right, the guy doesn't like it. You're making a federal case out of it. But here's what's even worse. This was in the Washington Post. This is a humor column. It's like Dave Barry who was in the Miami Herald for many years, syndicated, a known humorist. Sarcasm is his specialty, or as they say in Britain, his speciality. Well, the Washington Post, after one criticism, felt the need to issue a correction at the top of the column so that nobody would be perturbed or nobody would be offended by the fact that Gene Weingarten doesn't like Curry. Quote, a previous version of this article incorrectly stated that Indian cuisine is based on one spice curry and that Indian food is made up only of curries types of stew in fact India's vastly diverse cuisines use many spice blends and include many other types of dishes dishes this article has been corrected I'm not sure what's funnier the original column or the correction that the woke Washington Post printed on top of the article I mean, does anybody really believe after reading that article, oh, India only has one type of food, only one type of spice? Please. One other note. Ten years ago, in 2011, Weingarten called gun owners bumpkins and yeehaws who like to think they are protecting their homes against imagined swarthy marauders desperate to steal their flea-bitten sofas from their rotting front porches. Now, that's a dumb generalization. Now, could somebody take offense to that? Sure. Did probably somebody take offense? Sure. Were there probably comments, letters to the editor, or comments on social media? Probably. Did the Washington Post issue a correction? No. Why? Because he was using satire. He was using humor. I don't believe that Weingarten, now maybe he does, maybe he's an ultra-lib dem that really believes that if you're a gun owner, you're a bumpkin and a yeehaw. Can we not, in this country, accept that there is something called humor, satire, where people can laugh if they don't like it, say, eh, not funny. But don't make a federal case out of it. Don't go woke and feel the need to issue a correction or some sort of statement on top saying, we're sorry if you believe that India only has one type of spice and one type of food. I have Indian friends that don't like Indian food. Because they're not big curry fans, or they don't like spice, you know, real spicy foods. Does that mean they're anti-Indian? No. I have friends that say, "Hey, listen, you know, I'm not a big garlic guy. In my Italian food, I don't like garlic. Does that mean they're anti-Italian? No. It is pathetic that this country has become so soft with so many wussified betas, both males and females that at the slightest, slightest disagreement or slightest trope they believe is insulting, they have to make a federal case out of it. Buck up, grow a spine, don't take everything so personally. It is a joke. We have lost our sense of humor in this country. Not all. As alpha males, we're self-deprecating. We can poke fun at ourselves. We like jokes. We like humor. We're not that sensitive. All the kids coming out of school these days, grade school, high school, college, post-secondary degrees, they're all little snowflakes. They're all sensitive that need safe spaces. If you say something that you disagree with, they start crying to mommy and say, I need a safe space and I feel offended. It is pathetic. We talked about General Patton earlier. You know what General Patton would say to somebody that found that to be offensive? Grow a set, you damn sons of bitches! If we only had the likes of General Patton back. Well, I'm the closest thing to General Patton, let's face it, because I tell it like it is. I'm unabashed, I'm not afraid, I'm not politically correct, and I am certainly not woke, and neither are you. Don't forget, make sure that you subscribe to the Bold Alpha podcast. Give us a five-star review. If you like the fact that we're not woke... If you appreciate the fact that we are not politically correct, if you appreciate the fact that we're unafraid to tangle in controversial topics, then absolutely give us a five-star review. If you're a pussy, give us a one-star review or don't give us a review at all. But I know our listeners, they got big titanium nads of steel, and that's what being an alpha male is all about. Alpha Dave, your global five-star general alpha male-in-chief, saying, don't be woke and live it up.